away. Better than most. Better than most. Critical takeoff. He falls into the pit. He's going to get spat out. Please make welcome the Ball and All podcast, James Tiger Woods, Beric Eckerbarts, and the king of speaking in the third person, Steve Condor Condo Condon. Okay, welcome back. It's uh, Friday's Captain's Run, and... We had a big week of uh, semi-finals last weekend. Some great games, Jared, and uh, lots of injuries, um, but some good form to come out of it, and plenty to look forward to this weekend. How are things up in Brizzy now that you re- returned from uh, a festival of fundraising in Sydney? Yes, I did. I did, and the really good news is I was able to fly back and not walk back, so that was uh, even kinder to me. Uh, Mr. Cobo came up with a try on Friday. The Broncos got the job done. Um, yeah, good football. I, I, I certainly think, and it's very obvious to everybody, that the form is around the two sides with the week off. It's certainly been the benchmark. They've looked the benchmark for weeks, if not months. Uh, I know the Panthers got the Warriors at the right time, but gee, they did look like they're starting to slip into third gear and um, very professional in what they did and went about. And um, those two sides now very advantaged. Got the week off. Seven out of the last 22 premiers have won the comp off winning in the first week, having a week off, and then winning next week. And I'm sure both of them will start a very pronounced favourites next week. Yeah, Broncos were very impressive, weren't they, as well, uh, starting off the semis up uh, up in uh, in Brizzy and towed up the storm, which means uh, they'll, get, uh, they'll get the prelim uh, at Suncorp. Well, we're going to end up with two very big crowds next week, which is great for the game. I mean, all, all games last weekend sold out, including the uh, 1,313 that turned up at Shark Park. But good news was we had full houses everywhere, and uh, we'll get that again this weekend. And, uh, yeah, there'll be 50-odd thousand at Suncorp next week, and um, they haven't yet declared where the Panthers game is going to be. I'd suspect probably at Homebush, if not at Allianz, but... Uh, they'll get a very good crowd there to both. So, yeah, and you're right. I did like the Broncos. Uh, they stepped up. They uh, stuck, stuck that little hoodoo where the sun doesn't shine, and they were very convincing. Yeah, well, we'll have plenty of, uh, plenty of time to talk about those two sides next week. Um, before we get into this weekend, um, how did Friday go? Um, pass it on clothing, fundraiser? Yeah, just outstanding, Stephen. The, the level of support we had, all but sold out. We ended up raising last year 23500 and that was a benchmark. I was a little concerned about whether we got to that number again. We ended up with 33200 It was just amazing. And listen, the support from people like Shane Flanagan and Lara Pitt and uh, Zach Bailey and you know the, the other people that were there to make the day was just amazing. We had one table, would you believe, by the Cameron Munster jumper and then gift it back for sale and rebuy it back and gift it back four times from the same table so that instead of it selling once, they made sure it sold four times to raise $3,000 for that particular jumper. But, you know, Shane Fanning was outstanding. We'll talk on another day about his thoughts, but listen, I do think that your dragons are in good hands. 
He's got some good plans. He's very astute, very experienced, knows what he's walking into and had some very funny stories in particular about uh, James Maloney and uh, a few other interesting things to say across the last number of years. But uh, he, like most of us, thinks that it's uh, Panthers and then just Daylight. Panthers and then Daylight? And then Daylight. Is that right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. He said he had the benefit the week before of sitting up high and watching them um, live from a good height, and he said the way they coordinate things off the ball is just so well coached. Mm. Yeah, well, there's no doubt uh, this time of the year suits Sam. I mean, they're gunning for f- their fourth grand final in a row and potentially going to win their third, so... They're the team to beat. There's no doubt about that. But the Broncos are coming, and we've still got four sides to go. Um, I mean, this time of year, it's 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 interesting. Uh, we didn't have this plan, but uh, I don't know if you remember, Jared, 1989 grand final winger for Balmain, James Grant. Yes, I do. Very, very good footballer. Uh, he was a Wallaby in 88. Warren Ryan signed him to the Tigers. He was in town, and we were lucky enough to um, get him in the shed yesterday, and we had a two-hour chat with him. Uh, I know Jimmy reasonably well. Beric knows him um, very well. Uh, great bloke. And, geez, you wait till you hear a couple of the stories he told around that year, uh, 89, of uh, Warren Ryan's coaching and um, uh, one or two stories in particular that uh, about Wok, but an absolute classic story. I've never heard it, actually, uh, um, on Laurie Nichols, uh, the great Wow, okay. Yeah, it's, it is. You will dead set. I think well, I don't know how many podcasts we've done now, but we've done a lot, and we we were we were crying that much we were laughing. It was just Woody and I could not, we just couldn't hold ourselves. We were nearly pissing ourselves. It was hilarious. Anyway, did I he ever mention uh, uh, Walk and the Salt and Pepper Shakers? He did. He he mentioned. <laughs> yeah, he he had some. He 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 got on uh, he got on very well with Walk. He, he uh, actually he said he only spoke to him. Uh, Warren's what what Jimmy say? He's eighty two. Still yeah. sharp as attack, uh, he said. A lot of the, uh, a lot of the Balmain guys from that uh, 88, 89, sort of ninety period when Wok was there, um, especially the forwards, are still in um, in communication with him and checking on him regularly. Uh, he said he only spoke to him last week, um, forty five minute chat. He said he's going really, really well and loves it when the boys give him a ring and want to chat football. And um, yeah, spoke very highly of him actually. But he had well, a very great quickly for our. Sorry, you go. Our, our listeners out there, the salt and pepper shakers uh, that Warren was renowned for, um, he was an amazing tactician. And, uh, you know, he brought in um, uh, the very compressed defensive line, but also playing left and right, which he, he actually developed off his reserve grade coach, who was a very, uh, a very, very well-respected reserve grade coach for a long time called Malcolm Cliff actually brought in a lot of the left and right that we now see as structured today. But Warren used to love sitting after training, before training, any other occasion around a table. And if he started talking tactics, and I got into a conversation with him one night at uh, Balmain Leagues after a midweek MK Cup game, and he just grabs all the salt and pepper shakers and then lines them up and then starts talking about what he's trying to achieve in defence or in attack with a certain play by moving the ball around and yeah, quite a story, and listen, he is a very astute man. Well, I'll, I'll let one story go, but uh, the podcast will be up live next week, so make sure you have a listen. But um, it's a great chat. But he, remember, uh, he didn't play on the grand final side, but Sean Edwards, the, the pommy, 
Um, he's now yeah. the defensive coach for the French rugby side in this World Cup, um, carving out a, a nice niche as a as a coach, a specialist coach. But he was at Balmain that year and and, and could play. Uh, but he ended up, um, McNeil ended up playing in the semifinals and then obviously in that great grand final at Canberra won. But he said, we were at training one night and um, and Wok said, right, oh, Sean, um, this is what we're going to do. We're going to go bing, 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 bing. Ball's going to go to you. You're going to take the hit up straight into the defence, quick play the ball, and then we're going to set and this is what we're going to do. <laughs> I can't do the accent, but he did the accent really well. He's, he said, Sean, just looked down. He goes, Warren, he said, I don't take hit ups. And he said, Warren's uh, response was, Okay, you can fuck off, McNeil. You're starting at six, and never got picked again. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Never got yeah. picked again. Anyway, uh, but anyway, that that'll be up next week. And and it dead said if you he had uh, he had some really good stories about how he signed with Balmain out of the amateur game, um, his time at the Wallabies, um, coming from uh, New South Wales country down at Orange and Kiama, and uh, and then um, and then signing with you know into the well semi professional code then and playing uh, under Warren and yeah it was it's it's a really good listen really good listen great listen, uh, uh, quickly go sideways for a minute but a very good story that people don't remember or know about Warren Ryan he actually represented Australia in the Commonwealth Games as a shot putter he did and so having having worked for many many years as a shot putter and this is after he was a very good back row forward and played in the Illawarra comp and then I think lower grades for St George uh, and having a great tackling technique as a back rower, he then used to coach that when most players go to connect in a tackle, they'll have the favoured shoulder, the foot under the favoured shoulder will slightly be back. Warren, on the back of his shot-putting background, then started to coach that you actually change the balance and that the shoulder that you wanted to hit with was also the leg that you led with and it actually put more power into the tackle. And, and he brought that into vogue with the great Canterbury side, which they had a pack of forwards you just did not want to uh, mince with. And playing compressed football, they just broke blokes in half. And part of it was because of that old technique that came from being a representative shot put player. Well, Jared, I, I did tell this story. I, I don't think I've actually even told you this story, but I did tell this story on the podcast last night. Uh, we were, after uh, I left uh, left Woodlawn and we are in Sydney and uh, we are living in Randwick and there was about five or six of us went to the Bat and Ball Hotel for a drink one Friday afternoon and that is where Wok used to catch up with his mates and have a beer every Friday, religiously. And a mate of mine from, from school was a mad, you know, mad league supporter but loved um, – Loved Warren Ryan coaching as well. And anyway, walks sitting down the end of the bar having a having a beer with all his mates. And he's like, Condo, I'm going to go and have a chat to him. I said, mate, he's drinking with his mates. Don't just leave him alone. He goes, no, nah, no, nah, I want to have a chat to him about his defence, how he tackles, technique, you know, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, a couple of beers got the better of him. So he went down there and interrupted. And Wok was Wok was pretty good, but it was it, it, it finished uh, in a pretty funny situation. When he was uh, querying him over defence tactics and where your foot feet should be and your shoulder and all this sort of stuff, and it got very technical. And then he just and and Bisho just kept asking question after question after question, and you could see Wok was getting quite frustrated. He said, "You know what? I'll just show you how you do it." And Bisho goes, "Yeah, okay." He says, "So what do we do?" And he goes, "Okay, you go to the end of the bar, and I'll stand here about two metres in front of the table. You run at me, and I'll just demonstrate it in a nice, gentle manner." So Bishop runs at him. Well, next thing we had to call an ambulance. He was out like a light. Walk decked him. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, he knew. 
So uh, that that is a must listen, Jimmy Grant, must listen. You you know the tackle bags everybody uses at training? Mm. When he started at Canterbury, he sent them back and got them made five weights heavier than what they was originally made. And and then he used to get his forwards working on these tackle bags and they'd walk away the first couple of weeks of pre-season with almost broken shoulders. You go through those packs, but the, 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 like the packs that he coached, oh. like those Canterbury, uh, Canterbury uh, packs and right. then the Balmain packs, like, you know, Blocker Roach, uh, you know, Ciro, Benny Elias, David Brooks, oh, Maguire, yeah. Bruce, Bruce you know, Maguire, Wayne I mean, Pierce. Yeah. Oh, list just goes on. Tunksy, Bugden. Yeah. Yep. 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 Folks, yep. Gillespie, Langmack. Anyway. One day we'll tell the story about the, uh, the Newtown Manly Grand Final and that fight, which... Uh, would be one of the greatest uh, all oh, ever. Yeah, and, yeah. Bugged and, in and uh, like, yeah. we got tipped off three Brilliant. hours before the before the game that the first scrum. Here we go. Yeah. Yes, that was front page. No, Sunday Sunday side. front page that one. Righto. Well, let's get into uh, the weekend's games. Um, Friday night, uh, the Storm are back in Melbourne, um, which is a decisive advantage for them. Uh, up against the Roosters, who were. Roosters were very game. I mean, that, that game was there for the Sharks to win last weekend, but um, one of the better performances, um, you know, for the Roosters. Uh, you know, you could you could quite obviously tell Fitzy was very frustrated in the press conference about, you know, whether Cam McGuinness's try was a try and, you know, how the game ended up. But anyway, the Roosters got the... They got the uh, they got the chockies. They lived to fight another day, but they are definitely down on troops. Um, Billy Smith gone, new centre pairing, Sawali out. So you know their backline now, Jared. You know Sam Walker in really good form. Luke Keary in probably as good as we've seen him play in the last couple of years. But then you get to the centres, Corey Allen. We haven't seen him for some time. Momoroski haven't seen him for some time. Uh, same with the wingers. Tedesco at the back, who was excellent. Um, up against a storm side now that might be without Jerome Hughes. Um, injuries in the centres as well. Justin Ollam comes back in. What's your thoughts on this well, one? Well, I'm not sure if there are in- injuries in the centres. I mean, I did, did say in the podcast last week that I thought that the the Broncos would give the storm a bath down their left edge or the Broncos' right edge, and uh, and I just couldn't understand that. Young Tom and Apia was picked. Well, he, he ended up with five, sorry, four try clauses against him. And those three outside on that right edge all picked up a try each. And I think that's why he's missing this week. He's changed both centres. I think he's done the right thing. Listen, I, I think they both come off different form lines. And I think there's a, a big gap between the form. And then we have all of these injury outs for the Roosters. Um, very key about the storm, and I touched on it last. But just worried about the fact that when they've been on the road, they're a different side, in particular defensively. And you know, going into last week, they'd leaked twenty six, uh, twenty eight, twenty six, twenty six. For lo and behold, they leaked twenty six nil against them last week. They're different back in Melbourne. Um, the last six times they've come off a loss and then returned to Melbourne, they've won five of those games. They've won that last eight at. Amy Park, their home ground. Um, there's something about how Bellamy gets hold of them back at home, especially off a loss. He'll have them very focused here. Um, certainly Hughes is an out if he's ruled out. It appears that Wishart has trained all week with them, so at least they've had the benefit of knowing in advance 
uh, in the five or six days into this game. So if he's out, you see Wishart will play half, do you? Yeah, yeah, he's trained there for the last three days. I would have thought he probably would have maybe uh, uh, had Pazette there. Had who, sorry? Pazette. No, no, he's gone with Wishart. No, I mean, the key thing about Craig is he just won't go with uh, with high-risk position of mm. experienced players in big games. And, you know, I, I'd love to see that, you know, that young Falongo kid uh, come off uh, the bench into this game and move Meany into the halves because that kid just brings what, attack. What, and Munster to halfback? Well, I'd played Munster and, and Meany in the halves, and, yeah, Munster probably calling shots. He'd be a chance. Uh, I mean, he's named at 22. I mean, he's got Wishart named at 21. But you're saying Wishart's trained all week, has he? Yeah, he has. Right, yep. okay. Those drones have been out having a little look again. And, <laughs> Your uh, drones go interstate. They do. They <laughs> right, do. Okay. Special, the special television camera. The Matrix view. drone. It's got the big M on it. I've seen it. I've seen it around the North Coast occasionally. The Roosters' makeup. do you think it's going to be as selected? Well, I don't think he's got a choice. I think it'll be close to that. I mean, he's, he's going to play a bloke that hasn't played since round nine because they've just run out of trips in, you know, Paul Monorowski. Um, mm. Yeah, and they're, they're huge outs. I mean, yeah, the two centres in Billy Smith has been an outstanding form and Manu. Well, you know, Manu's, you know, an absolute class. Swali's been kicking goals from everywhere and is outstanding on an edge. Um, you know, they've already got problems in the middle because they're missing big uh, Wera Hargraves and Tupanua. Um, you know, I just think they've run out of legs. I think they've run out of gas. I think they've run out of players. I just think they're, they're really limping into this. The, the Storm have got them both times this year by decisive margins. I think the Roosters prior to last week were probably in better form than those two prior losses. But I didn't like that game against the Sharks. And I thought the Sharks were a touch unlucky to lose. I thought the Roosters probably fell in late. You've also got, you know, Walker's carrying, obviously, a niggle in his knee. If that goes the wrong way, he's in trouble. Uh, I mean, even without Hughes, I marked this 10 between them. Um, if Hughes had played, I'd certainly be 13. I was very bullish yesterday on the back of Hughes playing that it'd be a 13-plus result. I still think that into the second half as the Storm, if I'm right, missed and get going, I think they get away and win by a margin. And I'm certainly looking as an anytime try scorer in this game, I think, that big Elise Katoa on the right edge, big back rower aiming at Kiri, uh, anytime try scorer. He was 355 yesterday, been very heavily backed. He's into about 330 now. I thought that was a standout, but I am keen about the storm covering the line. Okay, okay. I'm going to take the opposite, Jared. I'm I'm on the uh, I'm on the chookies. I'm on the chookies. Uh, yeah. You were on the storm last week. Yeah, I was. I got it wrong, but I was on everyone else, including the Knights. I'm a, I'm a Knights supporter for the for the semi-finals, Jared. I know that. I know that. I just love the way they're playing. I just I think it's a great story. There's so many good stories there. I mean, you know, the Warriors is a fantastic story. They're at home this weekend. I don't know. Have you? Well, you've had drones interstate. Have you had? Have you had them in New Zealand? Is Sean Johnson going to play? Uh, listen, I, I expect he does. I expect he plays. Uh, I believe he's he's had light training sessions the last couple of days, and uh, I think he's keen to play. Last roll of the dice, but um, I think they need him 100 percent fit. You know, ideally, you know, that's I guess stating the obvious and. Uh, I think you take him out of there or you have him playing at 70 or 80%. I'm not sure. 
you know, where that leaves them. And my worry is, as I've said for the last six weeks, I, I just haven't liked their form or the depth around what they're doing. I think, you know, I just keep repeating they've got issues down that uh, either edge and the outside three that are defending. And again, you know, the Panthers just took turns in, in pulling that apart last week. And I mean, the Panthers uh, were outstanding, but, gee, I thought the Warriors were clunky. Like they, yeah, you know, when they did absolutely. have the ball, they looked really clunky. Well, you know, Tulfu Harris is carrying an injury and, you know, he's certainly not at, at his best and, you know, he's one of their key leaders. And now move Barnett into the middle, whereas I think he'd been outstanding on an edge earlier in the season. Um, you know, they've had to make a change at six. They've now got a question at Mark over seven. You know, I think the two centres have been very poor in defence. I think the other big key factor here is the whole mental approach and pressure around this game. Mm-hmm. We, we look at the Knights. Last week, yeah, and the Knights ended up getting away with that victory in extra time. But they were very clunky. You could feel the pressure. They just weren't at a similar level to the, what they'd been at in previous weeks. You know, all that expectation, the full house, everybody looking. Yeah, you know, you've got to get – I mean, it's been a long run too. I mean, going for their 10th win in a row. I mean, you know, in any, in any sport it's hard to stay up for 10 in a row, let alone NRL. And, and credit to the Raiders. I think that was the Raiders' um, best effort of the season. Silky Bub did a good job. Um, he had them up. He, he, he had them up. They were very physical. They took it to the Knights. Um, and, you know, well into the second half, the Knights were struggling to go with that. Now, it took a couple of moments of, of magic and some a couple of periods of good play. But they got 12 in front and again just started to look at the headlights a little. I actually think that all of that pressure now goes on to the Warriors. Warriors You've got the Warriors back at yeah. home. They're also lost. They're into a packed house. Not only is it a packed house, the whole of New Zealand, this whole up the wires, the whole of New Zealand are watching in expectation. I just think uh, they might uh, just be a little tight and a little clunky this week. Whereas the Knights, they now get the the under-the-radar approach into this. They slip into New Zealand. They're the underdogs. They can be a little looser, a little freer in in their mental and, and physical approach. I think that suits them. Um, I think the Knights can cause an upset. Um, and I thought the plus five and a half was just too, too generous. I couldn't get it to that mark. I was about uh, three, maybe three and a half between them. And the other key thing about the Warriors is their last seven games, they have not covered the line. Mm. So the last seven times they've rolled out, they've not played to expectation of the market, even though there's some wins amongst that. And four of those have been at home. The Knights, if we go back to the middle of the season, they were struggling with travel. Well, they've actually won their last four away games, including you know, a very good win over in Perth. Um, yeah, I like to set up here. I think the Knights uh, can get away with a win. I think it's probably close. I've got the Knights by four. Uh, and certainly, I think they'll be favouring to their right edge again. And Gagai came up with two tries last week. He'd be my pick for an anytime try scorer this week as well. Geez, their back five have been good, haven't they? I mean, they're back three and then you throw best and, and Gagai in there. They've been unbelievable at their returns. Um, yep. You know, their two wingers have been outstanding. We don't even have to start to talk about their fullback. Uh, and then you throw in, uh, you know, the form of, uh, you know, the form of uh, uh, Tyson Frizzell in the middle, um, Leo Thompson, the Saifidi brothers, and um, probably the most improved in the NRL, Phoenix Crossland. I mean, he, he is one tough little unit. Well, he saved a try last week. You know, 60 yeah. metres, he followed that through. Oh, no. He's been outstanding. And I, I think Beric, Beric made a really good point uh, last night. He just said, look, you know, if we're going, you know, five or six weeks, maybe not. 
but I think for three or four weeks, and we've already seen it, Adam Clune can do can do every bit as good a job as Jackson Hastings. And I think he's right. I mean, when he's covered, he's been good, and he's he gets another opportunity again um, this weekend. I don't think they'll miss too much there with Adam Clune. Um, Dylan Lucas into the back row. Yeah, I think they're. I mean, they're pretty much at, you know, for where they can be at full strength, aren't they? Yeah, uh, listen, Jacob Saifidi was outstanding last week. I mean, we know he's got that in him. Uh, I think that's one of the best games uh, I've seen him play. You're right, Brazil's been outstanding. Um, Adam Elliott dodges a bullet, plays again this week. He's got experience and size. I'm not sure if they start Dylan Lucas or they bring him off the bench, but that kid's got big wraps on him. He's very, very talented. But then they've got some hurt off the bench with, you know, Daniel Saifidi, Hetherington and Croker. Um yeah, I, I, I just like their setup here. I think they can play smart. I think they've got strike down the outside edges. I think that's where they get get the Warriors, but I certainly think they can do them over through the middle. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I certainly think the Knights can win here. Isn't it a bizarre world we live in in the NRL when you've got a coach that was dead man walking? Uh, all reports were that they'd sounded out at least three, you know, well-credentialed coaches to replace him to win 10 on the trot. He was contracted for next year and there is talk that um, there'll be a two-year two extension on top of that. Absolute yep. crazy world we live in. Listen, uh, I couldn't repeat all the detail, but I was told by a couple of people at our lunch last Friday who were certainly in the know about a, a few of the management goings on at that club and, you know, it's, it's just a little bit embarrassing and He's certainly been up against it. But, you know, if they win this weekend, 11 straight wins, that equals the all-time club record under the Johns era. Yeah, um, well, so, gee, if you have a look at the atmosphere there last Sunday, I mean, it was just off the charts, wasn't it? I spoke to a few mates that were there and they just said, you know, they've been to some good sporting events, but that was right up there. Like, was, oh, the crowd were fantastic. Yeah. You know, they're just pumping the Knights, the Knights chant out all game long and, yeah, you know, I was hoping that when they got the twelve in front, they'd kick away. But you know, the Raiders were good enough to get it back to even and take us into extra time. But uh, they get their chance this week. I like them uh, without the pressure. So you know, Storm by mine, I think by a margin, anywhere certainly two, possibly three or more tries for the Storm. And I like Elise Katoa, and I think the Knights. I certainly think the plus five and a half is a bit too generous, but I think they can win straight off the bat. And uh, I'd be going with uh, Dane Gagai for an anytime try. Maybe, uh, maybe you take the start with uh, with Gagai. That that might be the one that we look at tonight. I think. Yeah. Five and a half start and Gagai to score anytime. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Righto. Well, that's a that's the wrap. We will be back on Monday, um, and we'll have a bit of a chat about the tipping comp because we have a winner. But we're going to hold well. we're going to hold everybody to ransom until Monday. Well, the other good thing too, Stephen, is the NFL season is up and running. Uh, there were some cracking games last weekend. Oh, New York like, Jets. That was a really good game. Well, yes, but they've lost Rodgers. They've lost, lost Rodgers, Rogers, but, geez, they showed good. some resolve. Well, they did, but I tell you, the bloke that's going to come in now won't get the job done. And my San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, look they're out, very son. good. Yeah, very good. Very, very well coached. He's a good coach. Yeah, they've got some coach. really good young talent, haven't they? Really good. All right, enjoy the football and we'll catch up on Monday. You'll hear me cheering the Knights on Saturday afternoon, 4.05. I'll get the drones out to see if we can get some footage. Catch you Monday. See ya. See ya.
Smokey. We only set fire through the microphones. <laughs>